0: Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week, I'm joined here by Dwayne and the return almost to a year with the podcast. So he's like, you know what? Let me make it back. Let me warm up before I just come back for the year episode. Coach Anthony is on the podcast again today. What's going on, everybody? What's up, Dwayne?
1: Coach Anthony's gotta get that FIFA Eleven warm up in before he uh, yeah gets ready for the you don't want to you week. don't
0: want to pull something right before you know <laughs> yeah exactly all of a sudden like five minutes into the uh, five minutes into the year episode we got we got the fingers rolling for the sub uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that's, right, that's right
1: getting yeah. up with the sideboard <laughs>
0: yeah I'm getting my high knees in on the sideline that's right that's right um so Duane we kicked off with the diamonds this past week um last saturday we had our we had our home kickoff uh what'd you think
1: Um well first shout out to out of the ordinary catering and Mini belts for coming out and supporting right. you know a little bit of promo for them but thanks shout out to them for supporting and you know making sure everybody went home fed Um, but i thought the game went well i mean it was a level we were expecting to play at i think like the level wasn't too high it wasn't like super low i think it was right right what we were guesstimating we were going to be playing at. And I think we reacted well. Um, I think there was a little bit of nerves there. You know, first team putting on the diamond shirt, not really knowing what to expect. A lot of players playing together for the first time. But, I mean, we played well. Um, It was a pretty even game for the most part. Yeah. we made some combinations. We scored a goal. Um, There's some things, obviously, we worked on in training this week to get better. But, I mean, I think, I think, the good thing is we could only go up right
0: yeah that's right yeah I mean I think ultimately um you know obviously as you mentioned there's a lot of nerves a lot of players that never played together before so that that played a part I think um we all didn't really have an idea of what what the level was gonna was gonna really gonna look like so now we know that we a need to step our game up a little bit to be able to be more competitive um and you know ultimately the result was tough but I think we'll we'll be able to pull through. So we got a game on Sunday, um, and then we kind of start this like weird, like marathon, like almost, almost feel like a European team playing Champions League and the and the regular uh, domestic league, the FA Cup, the League Cup, the uh, EFL Cup, the Carabao Cup, and all the other cups in the world (laughs) combined.
1: Play games all over. Yeah,
0: what was it? Uh, Was it Tottenham or Liverpool a couple years ago that they had? they were playing in the club world cup and also Liverpool. had Liverpool and also had like an FA cup or league cup game at the same time. Well, yeah. In two different
1: countries. Yeah, like either baseball.
0: the same day, the same day or the day after or something like that. And they had to basically play with like their U23 team.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah, it was Liverpool. Yeah.
0: So we, we we're basically that at this point we're Liverpool.
1: <laughs> hey, it's a good, uh, it's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah. When you get to that level, you have two games in two countries at the same time. Yeah. You must be pretty good
0: so yeah so um the crowd was was great almost like 150 people out there watching the game um so it was, it was awesome to see that many people out there so yeah it was a good time i'm excited i'm looking forward to to sunday uh spending father's day to soccer field i don't think it it i mean it just it is right up my alley at this point <laughs> yeah I mean- are, the, are, are the
2: kids coming to uh, support their father
0: I think so. I think I believe the the rumor around the house is that the kids are coming. The wow. traveling bands. Yeah, 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 We are we are they're packing up with uh I believe they're gonna go with my sister, and I think my parents are going up with me. So I get to I get to take the GM with me on the road.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, yeah so get on the bus. Bus leaves Middletown Village at uh <laughs> one o'clock, right? Yeah. Get to the yeah. First 50 people there free. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> Anthony, you had a tournament. You had your final tournament of the season this past this past weekend. How'd that go? Oh, man, it was great. We were down at the uh, Mid-Atlantic
2: Cup um, in uh, Gaithersburg, just outside of D.C., and um, uh, the boys competed really well. We took uh, our PRCL 2011 team and our PRCL 2012 team. And the 2010 and, boys were there as well, yeah. The 2010 boys were there. The 2011 and the two 2010s both made it to the semifinal, but um, they weren't able to advance. And the um, 2012s actually made it all the way to the final and and played this really really good Tacoma Park team, who's beaten Pipeline. Um, they lost to the SAC by one goal. Like some played some really really top level. Uh, clubs and competed with them and we um we were able to beat them in overtime two to one so the boys ended the season with uh two tournament wins so it was uh really satisfying um to see them find some success
0: that's great to see so and in, in general a great group of uh of three age groups of boys that we have there that's so fantastic really, yeah really really cool to see um it's really cool to kind of this is our first, uh, to a certain extent, first graduating class of our juniors program.
2: Uh, yeah, it is. It is, um, and it's exciting. Get well, every single 2011 players returning to the team. Um, we're up to 28 players for that age group. That's awesome. um, so there's going to be two full teams, and and I think for us as a club, you know, just keeping um, keeping these junior groups together, and you know, they're competing at a high level in the state. So, keeping them together is, is really going to be pivotal for um, for our club to, you know, kind of grow and, and get bigger, especially at the 11v11 side. So,
0: Great. Soccer Dan's going to have his hands full.
2: That's right. He sure is. He's going <laughs> to love that group, though. It's a great group of parents, too. So Awesome.
1: Awesome. And then, soccer what? got a tournament this weekend
0: that's right you and so oh yeah soccer dan and josh have a tournament this weekend that's right yeah i forgot about that they
1: do
2: it's up in lancaster
0: yeah it's the mid-atlantic cup but the pa edition exactly exactly
1: the apl edition
0: the apl edition that's right um yeah so they're they're going up to a tournament this weekend so some late tournaments happening for our teams um
1: so high school I think, boys tournament, that's right? For our teams, and I
0: think you're, I think you're going up, right, Dwayne? You're gonna go and support the '06 boys. We'll
1: go, yeah. I'm gonna go rock out with Soccer Dan. Make sure he, you know, doesn't lose his temper, throw any <laughs> yeah. <change>. yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Gotta be, it's got to be better sweet for Dan. This is gonna be his last, uh, his last little tournament with those '06s that he's had for so long.
0: That's right. I'm hoping the kids know. If not, they're about to find out. <laughs>
1: Well, no, listen, know. yeah, okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty oh, yeah, sure they know. They know, they know.
2: <laughs> that would have been like, spoiler alert, boom. I'm pretty sure they know. They must have known seeing him get introduced to the 2011s and all that stuff. All that's time, true. So yeah, that's
1: true. That's true. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um They do anything. They better go win that tournament for Dan. That's fair. right. Yeah.
0: Um, and his beard. <laughs> do you think if he wins a tournament, do you think we can get him to, like, just
1: shave his beard altogether? I think we got to get an agreement with his team.
0: Actually, I mean, no. They, Actually, no. Actually, keep no. His, keep his beard. Shave his head. Shave his head. Just go bald. Bald have, with a
1: with giant beard.
0: They have to do a Gatorade bath if they do. Oh,
2: like that, that. that's going to that, be... literally that, only kid to on his that. team
1: that's capable of lifting the Gatorade cooler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Multiple Gatorade bottles bath. How about that? That's going to be one sticky beard, man. <laughs> you could be getting home. Some flies get on there. Some cicadas are going to be in there. <laughs> um all right anthony and you got camp starting on monday oh my goodness yes camps summer camps are back we uh took
2: obviously with covid last year and having limitations on everything and doing a lot of stuff at night um camps were not as great last year but we are rocking and rolling this year we are up to 87 kids for this first camp um we have Um, I want to say seven full-time coaches for all the weeks. Um, and we are just rocking and rolling. I'm I'm really, really excited about uh this this first camp just because this first camp is like one of those um kind of just friendly soccer camps where you just kind of get out there and play. You play some games, you know, you play the um, you know, Dr. Dodges and Power Finesses and World Cups and all that fun stuff and and you eat some lunch and in the afternoon. You're playing like a small-sided like league that we're going to have participating where there's going to be a coach on like each one of the teams, play some small-sided 4v4, 5v5. We'll keep track. Nice. And then on Thursday, we'll have like one big uh, like kind of playoff. But um no, nah, man. We're 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 really really excited and you know, if you haven't signed up for your camp yet, go ahead and sign up. We still have a couple more. We got another um, like soccer friendly one on August 9th. If you're a younger kid under the age of six, so you have a younger player under the age of six, we have our discovery camp starting on seven, five and, um, yeah. So uh, come on out and get signed up. If you're a travel soccer player, we have a camp on August 2nd. Um, so. And we you know, got the come on out and camp. get signed up. Oh, we do have the diamonds camp. That is uh seven Yeah, that's right. seven nineteen. the diamonds camp where you get out there and you meet some of the, um, the new diamonds players, so it, we we're rocking and rolling, Sebastian.
0: It's
1: gonna be great. It's gonna be a good time. Don't forget great. about that quarter camp right after July Fourth too. We got that. Yeah,
0: Corver. that's right. That's running. That's running at the same time as our discovery camp. So if you if you got a if you got two kids, one that's younger, and one that's older, boom. Get about the house, yeah, that's right. You don't have to worry about. It. You can go. You can go wherever you want. And at that point, what? you can watch a movie, shopping, whatever you need. What to is that camp? I still don't know what that camp. Whatever is. is a
1: ball of mastery. It's basically what you do in your junior's j- program. Ball of mastery, lots of touches on the ball. You know, fine tuning of the skills. Yep.
0: Do you remember ever see ever seen the letter series like doing the V cuts, the L turns? And oh all yeah, that. yep, yep, yep. yep. Yep, that's all it is. The Van Bastion,
1: the the Zico turn. That's right. That's right. Zico turn. The Kreutz turn. All all those turns that have guys' names attached to it. They go through. You get basically a soccer history lesson within your training session.
0: Awesome. Do you think at some point one of the three of us will get something named after
1: them? I mean, I technically probably will. I don't know if it's for me well well, <laughs> well yeah but also a different pronunciation probably i mean i have like you know i mean there's like five Dwayne henry's so like i'll take dibs on whatever one get something named after him. oh i
0: thought that's you were talking about like
1: i thought you were talking about like the Henri or something like that oh uh, no <laughs> the, the, i'm talking about the Dwayne henry that's from middletown that played uh, baseball i, was, like, oh, I okay. open up like a baseball park and i'll i'll call dibs on that
2: the Dwayne <laughs> The Dwayne Henry that cures something in science, uh, medical, in the medical field, you'll take credit for that one too.
1: Yeah. Well, I found out there's a Dwayne Henry Jr. that plays basketball now. So when I type my name into Google, I'm not the first person that pops up anymore. Hmm. And that's not your son. So I don't, I'm far from a basketball player. Well, that would be the third because technically Dwayne, our du, Dwayne is, is Jr., right? Ah, I'm a junior. You're, I'm,
0: you're I'm like a, Neymar, man.
1: I have a cousin named Dwayne Henry that also coaches soccer.
0: Oh man, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're so basically we, you're basically a Neymar.
1: Basically, well,
2: I mean, you, actually, I'm from what I'm taking from this is if there's not something named after Dwayne Henry, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: also, yeah, there you go. because we got we gotta, Yeah, we got We've got more chances to get something. You done. got
2: you got so many so many chances. I don't know if uh, between my name and Sebastian's name, if we have many outs here. <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> I can tell you that there's not that many Acosta jamkins in the world.
2: Yeah, Antonio D'Irienzos, maybe in Italy.
0: Maybe. There there is definitely Acostas in the world. Um, there's a lot of them, but not not with the combination of the jamkin on it. Yeah, that at that point that we yeah, we're losing. Um, so what's really cool about this episode this is the one before uh feels like a friends episode, right? The one before the one year episode. Um awesome. So, yeah, so next week is our one-year anniversary, episode 52. Uh, Man, it's crazy to think that, like, we've been doing this for a year on a weekly basis, every single week going out on on Fridays for an entire year. Um, We've adjusted schedules. We've adjusted all kinds of stuff to make sure that everything, it always goes out on Friday. Uh, That was my big thing. I wanted to at least make it a year of going out on the same night or on the same day. So we're about to we're about to hopefully make it so um, more more to come next week, obviously, on our on our big one year app anniversary. Uh, we got the return of a couple of games. games. Uh, we'll see if we can give out some prizes, um, see if we have any guests coming on the podcast next week. We got we got a lot of stuff going on. So that'll be, that'll be fun times. That'll be fun times. All right. With us today, considering it's the Father's Day episode of the podcast, we decided why not bring in one of the dads from Delaware Union? It just seemed like a fitting thing to do. Uh, not only are we bringing in one of the dads from Delaware Union, we're bringing in one of our favorite dads of Delaware Union. And we're bringing in somebody that's going to be able to talk about some a bunch of different things. I don't even like I have an idea of where the conversation is going to go, but ultimately, uh, by the time this conversation ends, we might be talking about geography. Because I know that's a big passion of his. It's entirely uh, possible. Absolutely. So with us today, we have uh I mean, we're gonna go full full title here. So bear with me for a second. We have Dr. Michael Scott. Okay, so if you're thinking, wait, Michael Scott, yes, Dr. Michael Scott, he is so here's the full title. He is the he is Caroline Scott's dad, who Caroline is our goalkeeper for our Delaware Union Diamonds. But not only that he is also the dean of the henson school of science and technology for salisbury and he's also the director of the eastern shore regional gis cooperative did i get all that right mike yeah that's absolutely true all right so before before we talk about you being caroline's dad what does the other stuff mean
3: Right. So, I am the dean (laughs) of the Henson School of Science and Technology at Salisbury University. So, our university is divided up into five different schools. Um, And so, my school is the home of biology, chemistry, mathematics, computer science, geography, geoscience, which, as you mentioned, is my home academic area, and uh, physics and pre-engineering. We also have a brand new program in data science. So, all of that is in my school, we have about 125 faculty that report to me. Um, and um, But again, we're just one of five schools. So we also have College of Health and Human Services, College of Liberal Arts, College of Education. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so that's my job is I try to make sure that students who want to major in science are able to be successful. That's what I do.
0: That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Um, So before we, and we're going to dive into your life as, so we're almost creating this like weird little, uh, like group of people in our podcast that have come in and every we we assign different people, the titles of different things. So you might be able to be the Dean of the podcast. Oh, I, I like this
3: out of that. Absolutely. Perfect. It's so probably, it's probably a lot more fun than being Dean of a school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're the Dean of the podcast. There we go. Perfect. Um, all right. So you have you have two daughters. Um, Caroline is uh, going to be playing at Iona next year, and she's going to be playing college soccer. But you have an older daughter who Savannah, who plays at Bridgewater, yep. and she plays golf. She does um, quite and, quite well at it too. That's right. And yet last week we had the Bridgewater uh, field hockey coach on our podcast, uh, so she was uh, she was awesome. Um, but can you talk about the recruitment process? Uh, for both Caroline and Savannah, and how different the the recruitment processes are, considering that a you're dealing with not necessarily like golf is in an individual sport, right? There's mm-hmm. a team element to it, but but it's an individual sport. Um, so how are the recruitment processes different or the same for both? Right.
3: So the one thing I can say, uh, and I think this is maybe to Caroline's benefit, but recruiting with Savannah was a lot easier. <laughs> And <laughs> so, uh, and the reason for that is that everybody, uh, when you play, you get a score and that score is comparable to, you know, so normally Savannah would shoot, uh, let's see, when she was coming out of high school, she was probably shooting around a 78 to an 80, okay. take, which is quite good. There are a lot of people who never get that low, so quite good, but, but when you go to look at and the, the schools that you're interested in attending, they all post all the results of all their tournaments. Um, and so you can see what, um, what, how she measures up. That's one of the best things about recruiting for golf. And one of the troubles of trying to recruit for a sport like soccer is that you're trying to figure out how your talent level matches up with the school that you are trying to go to. If you are, you know, if you are essentially overqualified for the school, certainly, you know, and you fall in love with it, then great, good for you. There's a lot of that that goes on. We could talk about that at Salisbury. We've got a fair bit of people who probably could have gone um, to uh, uh, division two or division one school, but chose Salisbury. So we could talk about why they might do that, right? Right. So, um, but for, uh, uh, and more importantly, Savannah was very easy with my oldest daughter to look at the scores, recognize that collegiate scores are not completely comparable to high school scores. They're close but still it gives you a really good indication about whether you think that you would be, um, certainly you can make the team, but Savannah's goal was to be at a place where she could play. Right. So as you said, um, there's there, it is an individual sport, but they only bring five golfers to a given match, right? Unless it's your home course. So you got to be one of the top five golfers in the program. And most golf programs have 10 to 12 athletes in them. And then they compete every week to see if they're going to be the ones that get to go to the tournament. And so uh, she made a decision that she wanted to be someplace where she was going to be the second or third best golfer. Um, Not the lead golfer, because um, that is sort of more pressure than she was used to. Also, it probably means the quality of the golf program was not as good. Right. right. Because she's a pretty good player. But if she was the top player, it means everybody else is worse. So right. that's, that's not exactly what she's looking for. And then at the same time, she didn't want to go someplace where she felt like she would have a hard time making that competitive team every every week. Right. So she could have gone to schools that were more competitive, but and they would have taken her and they certainly were interested in her. But um, she didn't think that she would be able to play. And then the last piece is that she's very focused on her academics. She knows what she wants to do. She's excited about school. Um, And when we began looking at different types of programs, D1 and D2, we we uh, we toured some of those. And and you can see the level of dedication, the sort of um, feverish level of dedication it takes to play Division One Athletics. Um, She's like, I need to be able to walk away from this thing if school becomes too important to me. Right. And she didn't feel like she could do that um, at a division uh, higher than D3. And so that's what she did. Uh, and then we then we spent once we figure that out, then we spent our time figuring out which school might give her the best financial aid package based on her grades. Right. And so um, we you know, and that was you know that's a negotiation, but that is how we went about it.
0: And it's interesting because ultimately, like that, there's a little bit of a there's there's a there's a similarity there from a soccer standpoint too, and this idea that. And we talk to we talk to players all the time of of this idea of like, oh, I want to play college soccer. okay well, what does that really mean to you? Because you listen, I've said it before. If you want to play college soccer, I guarantee you I can find a place for you to play college soccer. You might not. You might not necessarily like the school. You might not necessarily like the program. But if you ultimately want to play college soccer, there is a place for you to play college soccer. No
3: question. Everybody, if you are on, that's what I would suggest, like for Delaware Union particularly if you are on the uh, A team, right? Of any club, if you're on the B team, you're working hard to get on the A team, right? And once you're on the A, but when you're on the A team, every one of those girls can play college soccer. Absolutely. It's just a matter of where and how far you're willing to go and whether or not that college has what you need, right? Has what you, I mean, that was part of our trouble um, when we started searching out Caroline is she knew what she wanted to major in. So she wanted yep. to major in chemistry. Well, not every, every program, not every school has a chemistry program. So you got to mix all that in too. So,
0: Well, and and the similarities of the, of the idea of, of what Savannah of like being in that being wanting to play every, basically every weekend, yep. it's the same idea on a soccer standpoint, right? I mean, there's going to be an, even more from a goalkeeper standpoint because Absolutely. it becomes so much more competitive um, and there's so usually less rotation is happening on, on the goalkeeper end of it. Um, it's rare that you'll see, you know, goalkeepers getting some minutes, right? You're either getting right. all the minutes or you're getting none of the minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: so, so when it comes to soccer, the other question that happens is, do you see yourself a going to school there for four years or or two years or whatever the, the case might be? Um, but not only that, do you see yourself being in a program? Do you have the ability as a player, to sit on the bench and be, be the player that maybe doesn't play for a year, doesn't play for two, or potentially doesn't play for all four.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and some players have that personality. And some, some players, you know, do you see yourself just being the player that makes everybody else better while making yourself better? But your ultimate goal is to make sure you're pushing the players that ultimately play. That's right. And, and some players have the ability to, to embrace that role. And there's the other side of it where some of the players are just like, no, like I want to be in a program where. I can, I can play and I can come in and make an impact right away, which again, the upside of there being a lot of, uh, a lot of programs around the country is that you have the ability to kind of find that mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately it's up to you to be able to perform and, and keep and and maintain the level on, on both ends of it. Um, but it's interesting that, and, and I didn't really know that before that it's interesting that, that, that you can still look at it from a, from a golf perspective. That's, that's a, that's a big part of, it's a big consideration. Yeah. Um, so with, with that, you know, how is considering that the recruitment rules and and everything has happened throughout the last couple of years, it's been different. It, It changes almost on a yearly basis. And, um, and even dealing with in, in, uh, ultimately Caroline committed right before the COVID like Literally,
3: yeah, right before, yeah. So she ends up committing in February of uh, what was it? I guess February of 2020, right? And then March of 2020, the whole world blew
0: up, yeah. So, So how is going through the different um, how is going through the recruitment process considering you were dealing with Savannah, who decided to play the division three program? So that that comes with its own NCAA regulations, yep. And how is it dealing with? with, with Caroline, who was looking at division one and division two programs, but how is it considering you were at towards the end, you were really just looking at division one schools. So how, how is that program different? Right. Um, Cause I think it'd be great for parents to understand that not only are there differences from a, from a playing and from a, a scholarship perspective, but even then the recruitment process is a huge difference too. Huge, huge difference.
3: So, I mean, the one, I was going back to some of the spreadsheets that I had built when we were trying to figure out Caroline's, um, recruiting process and because there's a lot basically from my perspective there was just a lot of variables we had to try to account for i feel very fortunate that caroline and i have a relationship where she can be very honest with me about what is important to her right and she did some serious thinking on that at my encouragement like you really need to sit down and figure out what is important to you what are the things that are really important to you with regard to college And there was a list and one list was, you know, one piece was I wanna go someplace where I'm gonna play. Not necessarily first year, we get that, right? There might be somebody in front of me, um, which is fine, but that I can earn my way into a starting spot. Um, Preferred D1, um, but of course was willing to look at anything, right? Because playing is the key thing at the end of the day. Um, Had a chemistry major, was near a big city, That's right. Right. I remember we talked
0: about that. Yeah.
3: Wanted to be near a big city. Um, Didn't want a school that was too big. Didn't want a school that was too small. Right. So sort of a, you know, smallish to medium size was what she was going for. So anyway, we had all these variables. I ended up, I actually totaled it up before we came on the podcast. today. We, you have to, in my opinion, when you're doing soccer, you would be well-served to cast a wide net. Because to try to figure out the right fit between the kid and the college, and they have spots for you at that at that time, right? The goalkeeper thing in particular was both easier and more challenging in different respects. So it's easier because you can quickly go onto their individual roster of a, of a college and see how many keepers does this coach usually have? Um, how many do they play? Do they split any time? Or is it a situation where you're either playing or you're riding, right? Um, and so from, but it, so that's easier. The harder part, of course, is that you have to have some openings. There has to be a place where it looks like you're going to be able to get in. So anyway, we had 275 colleges that we were tracking on and and she didn't want to leave the East Coast. Right. She didn't want to go west of, the, of basically the Appalachian Mountains. Mm-hmm. Everything coastal was fine all the way from Florida to Maine, but wanted to be on the Eastern Seaboard. So. Um, yeah, 275 colleges that we're keeping track wow. of at the begin, at the beginning, right? So we begin to narrow that very quickly, um, because the other sort of little chunk of advice that I think a lot of um, folks don't really understand is that um, for most of these college coaches, um, the recruiting for their program is um, is certainly more forefront in their mind during certain times of the year and less so during other times of the year. Yep. And probably the number one thing that a coach is looking for in a potential recruit is actually, do they want to go to school here? Right. It's not, do I want them? It's, do they want me? (laughs) Right. Um, Because the fact of the matter is they'll get blasts of emails from, you know, recruiting services and parents and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. And most of it is very generic and uh, just sort of, Hey, I love to play. You saw I'm amazing at soccer. I want to play at your school, kind of thing. So the coaches often are looking for clues as to actually whether they are interested, that student, potential student, is interested in them. uh, Because trying to recruit somebody that is a good talent that you think would be a good fit, but isn't interested in playing for you is a waste of their time. Oh, yeah. Right. And they have they don't have a lot of time. They have to shrink that down. So um, being able to um, contact those coaches with um, messages, emails in the beginning um, with very tailored emails to those individual coaches about why it is that at X university, I want to come play, um, and then listing all the things that you've accomplished and why, you know, why you think you'd be a good fit. But um, yeah, the, the, the desire for the student to go to that college we just can't understate enough how important that is.
0: And we've had that. We've had that either when we've done um, the the college workshops with either ASPI or with Delaware Union, and or even the the college coaches that we've had on our podcast. The the feedback that we that we get that ultimately gets passed down to the to the players is that a college coaches can read through a copy and pasted email, right? They can they can easily read through that. Yeah. Hello, coach. Get, get My best name best is best. exactly, and I would like to play at insert here right yeah. um, I would be a great fit for your your program right. um, but not to mention that like just the idea that it, it almost seems like the other way around right it almost seems like the schools are you know sometimes when when players are younger and um, there's this mentality that you're going to be and, and, and partially it's I think at times it's I, I blame it on a little bit on the media on the, on the idea of movies that, that pop up that like Absolutely. Oh well, someone's just going to magically find me at the soccer field and say, "Oh, hello, nice to meet you." I have um, noticed this amazing talent that you have. I want you to come play for me. Exactly. Yeah. How is it that no one has figured this out yet? You should come play at the University of North Carolina in That's Chapel right. Hill.
3: Like the the, uh, the diamond in the rough myth is yeah, very much a myth.
0: So. Absolutely. It 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 usually it the reality is is that most of the time it just takes hard work. And, and grinding it out, right? Grinding it out, absolutely. So so this mentality sometimes that we have that like, oh, well, if I play really well, a college coach is just going to come and find me. Uh No, not really. That's usually probably the opposite of what's going to happen because usually if the college coach looks at a player and they're like, oh, wait, like he or she plays really well, like I'd, I'd like to – wait, but there's no information on this player. Oh, well, that must mean that this player is not interested in my school, or that it, that player is already committed to somewhere else, right? right? So you're almost doing yourself a disservice from not contacting schools. Absolutely.
3: I mean, you have, to, again, you have to be cognizant of all the stuff that these coaches have to do uh, with their time. And the vast majority of schools beyond the big Power Five conferences that are, you know, you're trying to build a national championship quality D1 team. Now they have recruiting teams, right? That that... Yeah. They have they pay people to go around the country and find the, the cream of the crop to try to sign for these places? If if you if your player has that level of talent, you've already been contacted. Yep. Someone has reached out to you very early on, probably in late middle school, would be my guess, and go, hey, you know, we'd love to talk to you about what we've got cooking at Penn State or whatever, you know. Right. And um, and it's it's just because they could end up wasting so much time trying to land a student that isn't actually interested in their school they will usually not try to do that right no because it's a big waste
0: of time well absolutely and i think that's that thing that that thing that's that's something that gets missed um so as we relate that into the the role of the parent when it comes to the area recruitment process and the amount of support that it takes because ultimately it is the the player's responsibility and you want to make sure that they do it. But at the same time, you also want to make sure that, you know, we, and, and I guess this lead, kind of leads into a little bit of a deeper conversation as to how you see it, because not only are you seeing it with your own two kids, but you're also seeing it from a, from a higher ed perspective with this this the students that you deal with on a daily basis. Oh yeah.
3: Hey, look, I'm I recruit science students. That they don't have to be good at soccer. They haven't been good at biology, but I'm I'm coming after them anyway, right? I'm trying to throw scholarships at them and that sort yeah. of thing. So it's it's not that part's not that different
0: actually. Well and, and how is it so what's the role what's the role of the parent versus the student and especially this new generation? And I, and I deal with my wife as she she works at the University of Delaware and she talks about how this new generation views their their parents and family members as partners right. instead of the idea like of where maybe me and Anthony grew up with the idea of helicopter parents, right? right. Where where it was almost like a fight of like, no, leave me alone, like uh, of hovering around us. Now it's the idea of like a partnership, right? Like, and I've heard it from multiple people on, on A, the college side where a parent will contact a school going like, why isn't my kid in this class that they signed up for? Or why is it? Or... Um. even further, recent college graduates that might apply for a job and not get the job and the parent is contacting the employer of like, why didn't my kid get this job? And you're like, what? Who are you? (laughs) You're an adult. Like, I'm not talking to the parent of someone's applying for a full time job. Yeah. So how is it? How is that part of it dealing with with the idea of you wanting the player to have a responsibility or, or the student to have the responsibility to take it on by themselves? Right. Uh, to ultimately having giving the support from the parent side of things as well.
3: So I am of the opinion and this may not be a popular opinion, but I am of the opinion that it is unrealistic to think that a 15 or 16 year old can manage the um, recruit communication process by themselves. I think that is that's a great goal. Certainly, we want to we want to build independent young men and women that can do such a thing, right? But again, I'm of the opinion given that all here was my take, and and again, I don't know if I don't know if everybody would agree with this or not. But um, Caroline was playing for you know two different soccer teams, taking 16 credits, where you know a, a more than full time load in high school working out, going to the gym, doing what she needs to do to be ready to play. That filled up a lot of her time. Oh, I mean, yeah. I really I really think that it was a sort of time management thing. So the way we worked it is is, um, I never sent an email um, that she didn't approve, right? But I, she and I would write the email. I would then tighten it up, right? So she gets her ideas about what she wants to say. I go through and tighten that up. And then uh, I'm the one that goes through and does those initial contacts in her name, right? So sort of, hi, coach, I'm Caroline kind of thing. But I'm the one sending the email in the beginning. Now, once you make actual contact, like the, like the coach writes you back and said, hey, Caroline, I saw your video. Um, it looks really interesting. I'd love to talk to you more about what your interest might be. Then I'm out. Right. So then the conversation shifts. And that is uh, the responsibility of Caroline to have that conversation with the coach. And now normally when when she did that, I would be in the room. We'd have the phone on speaker, but I'm silent. My whole goal there is just to listen to what the coach has to say. So Caroline and I can debrief after about what sort of what what were they trying to say versus what they actually said. right? Right. Trying to read through the lines about things. They just don't have a lot of experience with this, right? Mm -hmm. So it's—I think it's unrealistic. I I think the partnership aspect is is actually a good and healthy place to be with this. But you do have to learn of when to let it go. Right. (laughs) So um, uh, it is a at some point, indeed, the student has to be able to take responsibility for their own life, right, and the actions they need to take for that life. Um, uh, But in the initial stages. Um, if you are leaving it up to your child, um, a lot of it is just not going to get done. It's just too much work.
0: Right? Well, well not only that, I think it's also like, and I've, and I've seen it now with, and Anthony might be, might agree with this as well, coaching high school soccer, the, this idea that students don't know how to write emails, right? right? Oh, they, they don't, they have no idea. Like, like, oh, I have an email address, but I don't check it. Well, wait a minute. Like, hold on. Cause that's, that's like. Personally, I'm not gonna A give out my phone number often. Uh and B, I'm not gonna sit here and try to text you back and forth. It's but but this well, idea not, that not
3: like, until now once you get to that point. Oh yeah. Now you're in a conversation. Right. Well, so right. now you're having a real conversation about
0: whether I could come play at your school. But,
2: but even when then, we're dealing email with email was the thing for Oh sure.
0: absolutely, yeah. And then you're dealing with high school students that like I just I just don't think that, that skill is necessarily being passed down. And, and I'm not, and this is not a blame and the, at the K through 12 system, because it, I, I know there's a lot of priorities and, and maybe emailing etiquette, email etiquette or email functionality is not a priority and that's perfectly fine. But at the same time, then that's ultimately the main con the main point of communication that has to happen to get to the next level, especially specifically as it's a sport. And actually, no, it's, I think it goes even further. It, if you want to communicate with a college. Right. Like, yes, you can you can pick up the phone and call somebody, which, again, the the younger generation doesn't necessarily feel comfortable doing either. Like they don't do that either. Right. Right. So but you have to have the ability to email somebody. It's not yeah. like, oh, mom, oh, dad or whoever. Can you can you call this this school for me? Right. That I, I'm going to be the one that's going to be moving to and living by myself and, and ultimately supplying my own food for the next four years. Right. Yeah. So I think. Anthony, do you see it the same way with, with students not being able to like interact? Well, I I'd say in terms of email, I think it has a lot to do.
2: They all have emails, right? Whether it's at AOL, they they needed an email to make their Instagram account at some point. Right. So they all have an email when they're given one for school too. Right. I, I think it's just a point of like, like responsibility in like yourself. So like how much responsibility did you have as a, a young teenager from your parents? Like how much responsibility did you, were you given by your parents? If it was none, if your parents were always expected to do everything for you, then you're not going to check that email. Those are the kids that aren't checking their email. But if it's one that instilled, you know, at a young age, listen, this is kind of your stuff. We're here to help you, but this is your stuff. Right. Then, you know, those are the students that, you know, are perfectly capable of sending an email because at the end of the day, an, an email is just a text message with a title and an ending. That's all that. That's all that it is. So yep. it really just comes down to laziness, laziness, and how much are you willing to put forth that effort to get the email back. Yep. So,
3: yeah, I, I mean, I just completely agree. I mean, from my perspective, this is. I mean, all of these things are learning moments for yep. our young people, right? These are skills um, that they are going to have to learn sooner or later. At my university, like most, I think, um, official communication comes via email. Oh yeah, period. So your financial aid information will come in your email. Your grades will come in your email. Everything when we when you if you are being brought up on some sort of disciplinary hearing, you're going to hear it by about it via email. And so um, that is the official mode of communication for most organizations, including higher education. So. Um, but it is my take. It's okay that it's a skill that has to be learned. So yeah. let's learn it.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's let's shift a little bit towards uh, towards soccer specifically and, and yeah. youth soccer. Um, so Caroline's been playing soccer for for quite some time. <laughs> um, Thirteen years. Th- there you go. Um, so when it comes to when it comes to and this is doesn't necessarily have to deal with Delaware Union in general. Just just a general thought. What do you think parents should parents and players, but parents specifically um should look for when it comes to to from to, to a soccer club, right? What what are they looking for? What should they look for? A, because you've seen it with with Caroline's teammates, the idea that not all of them wanted to play college soccer, they just right. wanted to to just enjoy the experience. And ultimately, without those players, the way I look at it, and this is what I've told parents and players all the time without those players the players that want to play college soccer don't have the ability to play college soccer absolutely um so what what should parents look for in general what right. what are what are some of the things that the the do's and don'ts to a certain extent yeah this was a this is a big concern
3: for us um you know because we live about 2 hours away from Middletown right yep. so when and so we were you know very involved in our local club in the beginning in fact we had Um, A little club that got started uh, down here that, you know, ended up, the trouble is the same as you all have in Delaware, just aren't enough. um, The total population isn't large enough to support, you know, multiple soccer clubs, more than a couple. So we began to really feel and look at how much better are we getting as from year to year, right? So what are we, what are we growing? Which skills are we growing? does someone have a plan as to how we're going to be growing and getting better as a player? Can you articulate that plan to a parent? It's like, here's what we're going to do this year. And now here's what we're, here's what we're going to work on next year. And so these are the things, this is our developmental plan to get these young people to be the best athletes that they can be. They can reach whatever potential they have within them as a combination of genetics and determination. Right? So when we recognize, and one of the things we recognize as we were casting about, um, is that the, the clubs that we had been, um, involved with, um, were, uh, not getting it done. So, um, there was not a great deal of communication about how we're making our, our young people better. Um, there was not an evaluation of individual players by the end of the year It's like here's what like so summer's coming what should you be working on over the summer so we can be ready for the fall Also doing um, a couple things like um, ODP in Delaware um, and then looking at uh, tryouts for uh, and and Caroline tried out for a couple different uh, clubs some on the other side of the bridge here in Maryland, um, some in the midshore and of course in Delaware. And in my opinion, you could really tell it wasn't too hard as long as you've got your eyes open. It was pretty obvious which teams were very focused on winning Mm -hmm. and the winning being the key thing. And most of the time, the winning being the key thing is because you are trying to ensure a pipeline of players continues to arrive at your club so that you can pay the salaries and, you know, support the club and all that kind of stuff. Um, and because they know that many parents are shopping for winning teams, right? They love the feeling of winning. They don't like losing. Nobody does, right? Um, uh, but um, that became their philosophy. And our take on it was we don't really care so much if we win game by game, but are we getting better, right? So you'd have you'd have practices. I don't think it takes very long. You can actually go to a practice. If the coach is not encouraging, sometimes loudly, sometimes not, but encouraging people to do it better, do it better, do it better, do it faster, do it quicker, do it right. Oh, yeah. uh, if that's not what your practice involves, um, you may be in the wrong place, right? So um, being able to watch a practice and seeing how how they are pushing the athletes to get better was a key difference for us. Um, the other thing that I'll just say that was and I don't know if this is a good place to put it in, but just it actually wraps both of these things into context is most parents really need to have um, to think and watch their player in relation to other players mm-hmm. to try to get a good sense of, in fact, on what level are they. For example, uh, Caroline tried out. This was year two, three years ago, four years ago, something like that uh, for Maryland United, across the bridge. They're a very accomplished club. They they place a lot of players in college. Yep. And so she went to the tryout for the 03s. threes. Like said, this was about I don't know, probably four or five years ago. Um, and they had their four existing goalkeepers. It's like an O two, O three, I think. And it was very clear that Caroline was was quite a good goalkeeper. But at the same time, the four goalkeepers that they had already were better than she was. Of the five goalkeepers that were there, there were the four. And then Caroline was a near but not quite their fifth, right? You're like, OK, so what that means is we've got work to do. And that is uh, so we begin seeking out opportunities to develop, right, and to get better at the things we're doing. So um yeah. And so from my perspective, that's one of the big reasons we picked Delaware Union um, is that I, I think you recall this when we first came over, Sebastian. We, we had played. We had played against you guys, I think, when I Caroline think so. was about, I don't know, 13, something like that. Yeah. And we were very impressed with the way the team carried themselves. Right. The coaches were supportive. They were challenging, but they were supportive. The players um, were uh, respectful. Um, they had, uh, certainly they play hard. They played tough. They probably beat us. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't care about that. <laughs> didn't, right. didn't remind me. Right. But we just liked everything that, that your club was about. And so, uh, thought we had the right attitude and the right focus on development, player development, per, perhaps at the expense of having winning seasons. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, sealed it for us. And so then we asked if we could, if we could join your team. So.
0: Well, and I think, and I think that's the that's the, you know, and as I as we were preparing for the podcast, I was kind of and and it's it's been really cool to to spend a lot of time with Caroline over the last you know three or four weeks as she's playing with the diamonds and and having to have some deeper conversations now that she's getting ready to go off to college. So talking to her about you know what she's looking forward to in the school and and her having watching the interactions that now she has from a different level. And and I don't know if she shared this with you or not, but um, we had a conversation with her and, and Mo, our other goalkeeper, and we brought in our younger, uh, our OA goalkeeper who, who comes out and trains with them. And, and she was dealing with, with some, with the tough. she was dealing with a, with, with some, some, she was dealing, she was going through a tough time. And I asked Caroline and Mo to kind of share some experiences they've had to kind of give her some guidance. And, and the one thing that I thought was, was really cool. And I think it's starting to like, we're, we're getting, and, and, and this is the, this is the the emotional parts yet, like exciting part of, of the journey of a player, you're, you're getting close to the last couple of years where the, where the circle almost completely closes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're trying to figure out, all right, how do we wrap all this up? Right. We, we there's a player that we've known since she was in sixth, seventh grade or, or something like that. And um, how do we kind of wrap it up? And, and that to me was the moment where we, we started to like, say, all right, like, I think I think we've done our job, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like, all right, great. Like, yes, I can give her, I can still give her feedback and, and coaching points on on the idea of of a goalkeeper and in soccer and things like that. But I think from the the human development part, which is a huge piece for us in general, it's not just the idea of how great can we make these soccer players, but can we make sure we have better mem- members of society, right? Can we mm-hmm. make sure that like we we develop people that are gonna be respectful and just really good teammates? Because um, I think sometimes that gets missed. Um, I, yes, you I always agree. have, you always have to have the competitive player. That's almost to a certain extent mean on your team somewhat quote unquote, you know, we can use different words for in that, in that, but, but I think, I do think that there's, there's something to be said about just being a really good teammate. And, and that's something that, that we've been able to develop not only with, with Caroline and her age group on our team, but with Caroline's situation specifically was the fact that she was one of two goalkeepers since she, since she came to our club and, mm-hmm. and, and obviously both goalkeepers had different ambitions and both different, both goalkeepers had different um, r- realities and, and um, schedules and things like that. So it, it made some things easy and some things challenging, Um but I think the one thing, and especially as we we look at the relationship between now between Caroline and Mo, and yesterday was a really cool day because we had Caroline, Mo, and Maddie. We're mm-hmm. all three of them were there. Fun. So it was a really cool moment. But you basically now get to say, you know, all the all the experiences kind of come come together, right? The idea of like sharing time, um, the the conversations we had with Caroline about splitting time. In a moment or, or giving, giving Maddie more time because Caroline had already committed and it was important for Maddie to be able to be showcased. And, and the moments where Caroline in going into her uh, junior and senior high school playing on the field, because we didn't have enough players, uh, and, and stepping into a different role altogether. Um, but I think, you know, all of that, um, I think it, I think it's not only a credit to her as a person, uh but also to, to you guys as parents for, for creating a an environment to, for, to let Caroline speak for herself, but for you to advocate for her. Right. And I think that that balance is is key. Yep.
3: And it's, it's not easy to make. And sometimes we end up over the line. I think that's okay too. Right. So it's not always going to be perfect. You're like, well, I could have done that better. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, figure out how to better do it. But Um, but you know, that comes from our perspective of just some very simple, like rules for life. Like, like one of them, if you make a commitment, you keep it, Yep. period, end of story. It's actually not open for discussion. You committed to do something. And so you're going to do it because you committed to it, that your word and your, um, honor, right. Um, is riding on the fact that people can, um, trust you and that if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Um, that is just a fundamental principle that we've tried to raise our girls with from the very start. And from that flows a lot of great stuff. Right. But I would suggest that, to be honest, that philosophy that you all are working from is, is critical for the playing in college thing. Right. So um, that's an, another thing is that coaches beyond again, sort of the national team level talent. Okay. I think they're all probably very intense, um, very in your face, but we're all coming from a perspective because we all want to get better. Right. Right. So I don't think they're mean. I think they're just intense. (laughs) Right. That's the way they think about the world. Yeah. But for like, but for everybody else, right. For all these coaches are trying to decide whether they actually want to be hanging out with your child for the next four years of their life and coaching them and making sure they're, going to class and making sure they're getting good grades, making sure they're eating right. And they're in the gym. I mean, they're going to have a lot of interaction with this young person for the next four years. They're probably not going to sign somebody up that they don't think is of high quality character. Right. So um, because life's too short, and there's like a million and a half girl soccer players. (laughs) So There's just a lot of people to choose from. Right. So being that good teammate is the kind of thing that can help you get recruited. That's part of what this is. Yeah. No,
0: absolutely. So before we wrap up, and there's a little bit of a surprise. I texted Caroline earlier today. She Wait. mentioned that I might be in trouble today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I texted her earlier in the morning and I said, uh, Caroline, we're doing a Father's Day episode and your dad's coming onto the podcast. So could you send me like a quick thing about kind of what your dad means to you?
2: Hi, I'm Caroline Scott. My dad has always been my number one supporter. He has sacrificed countless hours driving me two hours away for practice, two to three nights a week for the past six years, and he has never once complained. He has always put me first and supported me in every way he can. So when I told him my dream was to play Division I soccer, he made it his mission to make sure I had the opportunity to achieve this dream. From making sure I emailed coaches to driving me from ID camps and tournaments He is one of the biggest reasons I was able to achieve my goal and commit to Iona. My dad means everything to me, and I am so thankful I have someone like him by my side, helping me achieve the goals I set out for myself. Isn't that something? That was pretty cool. That's fantastic.
0: That was... That's great. That was pretty cool. Um, Sorry to kind of put you in that emotional spot, Mike, but uh, I figured... Well, I figured, and what's The
3: funniest part about that is if anybody knows Caroline, right, Caroline is not a mushy
0: person, right? No, now. just no, not. No.
3: That's not how she runs for life. No. So, um, yes, that's really special.
0: Honestly, as most goalkeepers.
3: Yeah, right. No. You, well, and you all know um, to play that position in particular, you got to be a little um, a yeah. little not right in the head. Yep. <laughs> I tell her that all the time. But oh, it's yeah. a good way, dear. Good
0: way. Oh yeah. And, and, and I think that's the, that's a really cool thing. And, and again, I'm, I, I have a really close relationship with, with Caroline and Mo and, and obviously I've known him for, for a lot of years and and having to train them and and things like that. And I think that's the, that's a really cool thing. And, and we've developed this relationship with, with both of them that A, I can be hard on them when I need to, Mm -hmm. but I think at the same time, like it's different than when you're coaching field players at times when you're coaching field players and you're giving them feedback, you almost want that. Like that, like automatic feedback response back. Right. With goalkeepers, it almost becomes different because there's times where you're literally coaching to the back of their head, depending on where you are. Right. Like I like to stand behind the goal sometimes. So they're focused on the game and I don't expect them to turn around and look at me. I I really don't like, because I know they're focused on the game. So it's the idea that like, if you're just getting it a little bit of a head nod or a thumbs up, like that's good. Like that's fine. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be times where you're just going to like say it and just know that it kind of sinks in, but like, it's not going to automatically happen. I think we've gotten to that point um, over the last couple of years with, with both of them where, I just get to just make my, make my coaching points and things like that. And just, you know, kind of hope that they sink in, but hope, ultimately realizing that I know they're hearing me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, again, I think that's a, that's a really cool thing. And um, see Sebastian, you're, you're going to be a
3: great dad of teenage Girls, see.
0: I mean, I got, I have, yeah. I have one daughter, so we'll yes, see. Now, I, with my son, I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen. We'll, we'll see how
3: that goes. But we'll see the, how that goes. Whole, considering um, I don't
0: coach boys often, right? Throwing uh,
3: throwing the advice out there and hoping it sticks. Um That's pretty much how it goes. And come to find out, it actually does. That's in the long run, they are yeah. listening and they are paying it. Actually, they're paying way more attention than you think they are. Right. Absolutely. So we're trying to model the kind of behavior that we want to see in our children and they pick up on all kinds of stuff sometimes that you don't even notice. Um, and, uh, but that, yeah, don't, don't expect an immediate reaction of like, Oh yeah, dad, you're, you're right about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. If you need, if you as a parent need that kind of positive feedback, your teenage years are going to be your kid's teenage years. Oh, yeah, going to be very long.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, no, it was really interesting. Um, a Mo, Mo actually had uh had a moment a couple of weeks ago Where she was like, "Hey, by the way, like I was doing this at training or something like that," and then like it brought me back to like three years ago when we were doing something, and like, "Oh, that's what Sebastian meant," and I was like, "Great, I'm glad it was the long, the long, the, (laughs) that's that, that's that long con, uh, uh, coaching point, right? Just it it takes three years to sink in, but it finally sunk in. Um, We're playing the long game here. Oh, that's right, absolutely. Uh, well, Mike, it, it has been an absolute." pleasure and an honor to have you on the podcast you and i've had many conversations via email um in person um and i just want to say thank you not only for 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 uh letting us have the experience with caroline over the last you know five six years and then but also for answering the uh the things that won't get missed that won't be that will don't go that they're not missed are um, the, the late night emails in Virginia. Hey, uh, most sick and Caroline played 8am in the morning at 8am <laughs> and you're responding back. Uh, yep. She'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> uh, That, the that all that goes, you know, honestly, that's not, that's not taken lightly. Um, We, we really appreciate that. And, uh, and the feedback, I think that's, that's one of those important things. Sometimes um, we hear the bad, but we don't, Usually we, 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 we almost live in this philosophy of no news is good news. Right. Um, so when we do have people that provide us some feedback and, and even, and even some things that just, you know, the food for thought kind of thing is, is always, is always taken um, and evaluated because ultimately it means, it means more
3: mm-hmm.
0: at times. So um, I just want to say, thank you. Really yeah. just really appreciate it.
3: Well, I said our experience with this whole thing has been tremendous um and i think it shows i think it shows in the programs i think it shows in the growth of the club i think it shows um in the interest that everybody has with being part of this successful organization right so i love the fact that we're we
0: were able to play a little tiny part of it that's awesome all right thanks mike yep thank you take care everybody all right we're moving on to the euros because that's happening right now um it literally, mm-hmm. it's happening as we as we speak. We're watching uh, Sweden, Slovakia. Um, so, but so, what thoughts in general on the Euros before we kind of like dive into some like very specific topics on the Euros? Thought thoughts on the Euros. How good do the Italians look? Are we kidding me? I mean, sure. <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, yes. They they look good. Like they they they. they it looks like. They're 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 finally maybe back. They're finally back.
1: They're they're restored. They're, well, they brought back the like ancient center backs that they have: Benucci and Cialini. They're like fifty years old, still balling back there. Well,
2: Cialini just got hurt in the last game too. So yeah, we'll he see. only
0: lasted. He only lasted like twenty minutes. We'll <laughs> he see. Was, he, he had like his happy. moment of fame where he was called
2: off or called for a handball goal, and he he celebrated pretty hard. But uh, I don't. He was, was off he pretty pretty soon after ball that. Ball
1: where they were like, Var said, if you handball the ball and score the goal, you, it's no goal. That's like the new handball rule. Exactly.
0: Yeah, if, yep. if actually, actually, at, at any point leading up to the goal, if there's a handball involved, the goal does not count.
2: So they said, if if that handball that he did would have fallen to a different teammate, it would have counted as a goal.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that the most insane rule? because like for me i'm not reading the fifa laws of the game
0: <laughs> we know I, we took a, we took we we did a we did a laws of the game quiz one day I, we I've know been that
1: i playing soccer long enough. i know the, i know the rules but like with that stuff it's like what are the rules are I, there I, I, it seems we don't like it seems no. like
2: the handball versus handling is is changing i mean almost every Daily. year now and and it's and all of them are just to protect referees
0: well, I mean there was a there was the there was the handball there was a the PK that was called yesterday in the Ukraine North Macedonia game um where the North Macedonia player like he, he's he's in the wall of a free kick and he jumps up and he puts his arm up against his face and it like it rebounds off of his arm um so that not was a reflect your face
1: anymore that I wish that rule too Now nah,
0: head the ball man shoot they have
2: they have the 2011s and the 2012s who aren't allowed to head the ball. they have they're calling handballs on our guys who try to protect their face and they're right. not even allowed to you know so
1: yeah they're neurologically protecting themselves
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, so I mean ultimately I think France and Belgium are still the front runners in my opinion uh, absolutely absolutely touching France
1: midfield you get you nah. break the lines there we'll see what happens yeah. And
2: I, I saw this is Pogba and Conte haven't lost together. Ever in an an international game?
1: Oh, great! (laughs) Fantastic!
2: It's like I saw that the other day on Twitter. I
1: was like, "Wow, that's pretty impressive." Sebastian, man, you need Pogba in transition. You better tell your manager that at Manchester United, stop trying to tackle with Pogba. Let that boy run. And with 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 Belgium, it
2: looks like De Bruyne and uh, Hazard are starting to get healthy. They both played a 445 yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean that changed the game yesterday. I mean it's Belgium it, I... Belgium Belgium Belgium's down one nothing to Denmark. Obviously an emotional game for Denmark with everything that happened with Christian Eriksen. and and that. That that in general, let's take a little side note on that. I mean, that in general I think shocked the world um a lot. Absolutely. As, you know, talking about a twenty nine year old player that all of a sudden just collapses in the middle of the field. I think not not only is it the the fact that that what happened i think the way it was the way it was handled i thought was was pretty incredible uh, by I, by the danes
2: i mean by the danes by i mean you look at everybody I, the, the whole this is what makes soccer so great like it, you got however many countries competing against each other all the time and it doesn't matter whether you like each other, whether there's rivalries between the countries. It's, it's like everyone can band together for one moment. Yeah, right? and and it's one of the only sports that you see that happen on a regular basis. Like Kevin De Bruyne scores the, the goal yep. yesterday to go up, and he tells everyone not to celebrate.
0: Yep, you know. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's like he says a prayer in the corner.
0: Even even even, um, Human Son scored a goal for for South Korea uh, in the world cup qualifiers that are going on in Asia right now for them. And he celebrated, you know, kind of giving a shout out to to Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. What's the, I think the repercussions of it, I think the, the, the attention it's getting is, is, is good because I think it'll start shining a light on some different things. A like how was this missed at some point in a health check? Um, but be it, it putting things in perspective that sometimes when we look at, when we look at soccer and we think that a lot of things are life and death when they're really not, this ultimately became a life and death situation. Right. Um, so it puts some things in perspective. So I think that, that I think is, is, is powerful. I think hopefully my goal is that it reaches the, the youth level of the game. You know, it, it puts things in perspective at the youth level um, to realize that it is just a game that we're, we're we're talking about just kids enjoying it and having fun and, and being active. Um, why put more pressure on it than it needs to have, really? Um, so, absolutely. And and think about this: that these players
2: every day in training, they have stuff hooked up to to their yeah. body, like tracking things and and. You know, it's the best equipment in the world. And they're constantly getting checkups and, and physicals like every other day. Yeah. And this is still something that can happen with one yeah. of the premier athletes in the world. It's like, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I for mean, sure. I, for Anthony Taylor, I mean, to, to handle himself the way that he did, I, you know, that's I, I, it's remarkable.
0: Yeah, I, I just think in general the way like the, the captain of the team, the way he he made sure he got all the players around it, covered up everything to so make sure nothing was was being publicly shown, which is the right thing to do in that moment. Um, so it was it was good. It was it was it was very, very well done. Um, but going back to that game specifically, Belgium ultimately at the when Kevin De Borne comes in at this point, it changes the game altogether. The the goal that I mean the was it the second goal? Um, the second, the first goal, sorry, uh, Hazard's goal, Thorgan, the, the brother, younger brother, uh, that goal is just absolutely incredible. It's the ball he plays to to give the pass. Yeah, that him.
2: was, that was the first goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. The first goal was, was unreal.
2: First goal, well, it was poor defending at, yeah, right around midfield. Um, but then, yeah, the creativity and, you know, the late run and De Bruyne just to slot that ball back. It's, it was, it was I've never rooted so hard for a team, though. I was really, really pulling for Denmark to get a point there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the Netherlands yesterday, I thought we're actually pretty decent against Austria. Um, I think, you know, the Netherlands are probably kind of on the same on the same playing field as Wales and Italy, where you're like, it's like your second, you're, you're, to a certain extent, your second group of like outside of those two teams outside of France and Belgium that like are coming up there, you're like, Oh man, like I, we weren't expecting them to be this good. And they are. Um, so it'll be interesting to see obviously tomorrow uh, with um, actually today with England, Scotland, I think that'll be a, That'll be a good game. That'll see where England really stands. Um, but ultimately tomorrow I think is the, is kind of a big day. Um, Hungary, France,
1: Portugal, Germany, I think it's going to be a f- fantastic game. Well, that in that group, that Portugal, France, Germany group, every game is like yeah, a big game, right? Every
0: game is really good. Yeah, every
1: game's mean, game is. I mean,
2: that's the, the uh, yeah, that that's the game though, because you don't expect France to to lose one. So Portugal and they're they're kind of playing for well, I I mean, yeah. I yeah, mean, ultimately
0: Germany set. Germany's got Germany's in a must win scenario at this point. Germany yep. didn't handle France's strikers well. If they could stay on sides, Germany gets. Because ultimately, the reality is, is if France wins, and Portugal wins, automatically that that puts <clears throat> Portugal through, and France is through. So right. then it now leaves Germany to have to beat Hungary by probably a big goal differential in order to potentially have the ability to get into like one of those like top top third. Place yeah you,
2: you still like to get through with four points like a lot yeah. of those those third spots are end up with four points so yeah, yeah it's it's a pivotal game germany didn't attack well they weren't very creative in that no. first game no
1: no well, and frais- then uh praise to be at the field so short they couldn't run that's the problem uh, yeah that's true and then we got spain
0: poland tomorrow which i think will be an interesting game considering that spain again when they played sweden um it was a weird game. Like they they held so much possession throughout the entire game, but ultimately didn't really. They created a few chances here and there, but but it's it's strange when you're not really playing with a true with a true center with a true forward that can like cause damage.
2: Yeah, and and from Poland, Poland normally competes really well in these type of tournaments, right? Like they defend, they have a great striker. Yep. And I kind of thought losing to Slovakia was kind of an upset.
0: Yeah, it, was. it was. So, yeah, so now they're
2: on. They're on the front. Uh, you know, it was, I thought it was kind of between them and Sweden on who would kind of find a way to advance there. So now this is a massive match for Poland.
0: Well, and I think that's going to be the interesting thing because Poland's going to try to probably play on the counterattack, which is probably the easiest way to play against Spain because you just just sit back and let them get numbers forward that don't really do anything, and then just go at their center backs, like just just yep. go just go in the counterattack right at their center backs. So yeah, so it'll be an interesting game. Um, the Copa America is also going on by the way, uh, just to everybody. Hold way. on. Anthony,
1: did you say Poland has a really good striker? Yeah. You mean like they have a great striker? I mean,
2: I, I, I when I was speaking of that, obviously, is <laughs> a great striker. When I'm speaking of that, <laughs> I'm saying, like, I, that I just have to process real teams- quick. These teams, like, if you look at, like, who competes well in these group stage tournament-type settings, it's always a team that can defend really well and has, like, an absolute stud number nine.
1: Like, and that's what Poland has. Put put some respect on his name, because Spade doesn't have anybody on that forward. I just said
2: I think Poland can get through. That's enough (laughs) respect as it is. Why are the two yelling at each other?
1: He's criticizing me for no reason. (laughs) Making sure Robert got his respect.
0: Gonna, we made it a year. We made it a year with like very little arguments in the podcast and all of a sudden it's all going to fall apart. Dwayne, Dwayne's Levin lucky I'm not on the pitch great. this week.
2: <laughs> he's he's lucky I'm not on the pitch this week, Dwayne.
0: Oh man. <laughs> we almost made it a year before everything started falling apart. Feels good uh, to be
2: back. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring the drama back. We needed the, we needed the angry Italian back in the <laughs> you know, in the podcast. <laughs> See uh, the Italians
1: yeah. won one international football game, and they're out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: First of all, first of all, they're unbeaten in the last twenty nine. So let's get there. Let's put some respect <laughs> oh, on the Italians, Dwayne.
1: Oh my God! What did you, you play? Go. South Macedonia, East Macedonia, West Macedonia.
2: <laughs> the Macedonians are making moves now. All right,
0: Pandev, uh, man, Pandev,
2: <laughs> uh,
0: Pandev's out there rocking the receding hairline. <laughs> killing it he, oh, he's killing it man he's he's actually easy he's he's awesome 37 years old out there just showing people how it's done him and ronaldo showing show exactly the same right there's your two pictures of two 37 year olds christiana ronaldo oh my goodness and Pandev, different different animals It it's almost looks like ronaldo's 10 years younger than it almost looks like actually no it looks like ronaldo's 37 it looks like Pandev is 57 kind yeah. <laughs> of just looks like he's just been beaten up by life at this point
1: life, life yeah. is what life is winning he's losing
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's actually uh, you know at the press conferences he's had one of one too many of those cokes that ronaldo passed on
1: That's <laughs> <what they're watching.
0: laughs>
1: you know, did you see the guy from ukraine like so the Ru- russia the- it was it like- russia was it the Russia? Coach, he brought the all the kids and all the Cokes back. It was like, hey, I'll take the sponsorship deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, he started drinking in the middle of the...
1: He said yeah. he lost $4 billion. He was like, all right, I'll get you guys $4 back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a big thing uh, that that like really just popped up. So if you missed it, um, Ronaldo sits down for his press conference before the Portugal game. And uh, he stares at two bottles of Coke and a bottle of uh, water. He moves the two bottles of Coke completely out of the frame of the camera at that point and like grabs the water bottle and like slams it back on the table and says Agua and just like
2: and and which is absurd the way the market reacted. But I think even for my own entertainment, all the memes on Twitter of him putting the different type of stuff up there, like how he puts the wine bottle up there and then he puts like the picture of his wife. Like, there's, there's some funny memes going on about what he actually pretended to put up there.
0: It's interesting. It's interesting that, like, as you said, right, it's interesting that the market just completely collapses. Like, Coke loses $4 billion because Ronaldo says, I don't drink Coke anymore. It's, it's oh no, no! I
1: find it disrespectful that they put beer in front of Pogba, though.
0: No, it was Heineken 0.0 or whatever it is. It's the non-alcoholic Heineken. Oh,
1: man, it's still disrespectful. <laughs> well,
0: Maybe even more disrespectful. It was the non-alcoholic Heineken.
1: oh you you're not allowed to drink beer because of your religion, but here let's put the zero point zero beer it's not alcoholic <laughs> you can still have it
0: yeah I still never well, really understood that in general, but that might be a different conversation for a different podcast Then with
1: his luck with his the, luck, the Heineken hey, thing with
2: Is his Heineken luck, labeled wrong. <laughs> are they are they still the uh, like lead um thing for the champions League Heineken
1: yeah, yeah, that's the world's beer, yeah, got okay. it. Yeah. Heineken's like that beer you could drink it like universally, like everybody will accept it. Uh, I, I next
0: next I'm I'm thinking. Listen, I got I'm gonna make a play, and Anthony might like this. Uh, next next Champions League, I want the uh, Peroni, Peroni. Oh, there to- you go,
2: there you go. <laughs> bring a little like
0: Italian into it. bring the bring the Peroni, Peroni like commercials. <laughs> Maybe
2: I'll bring the Peroni to the podcast. I don't know the year long oh. podcast.
0: Oh, perfect.
2: Because by that time, Italy will officially be the number one seed going through into the uh, into the group stage or into the knockout stage. They'll we'll have their one seed locked up, to Dwayne's displeasure, <laughs> and uh, just make everything full circle.
0: Could you imagine if the Poland Poland beats Spain tomorrow, and all of a sudden it's Spain Poland in the next round? Uh, you two are just going to go at each other at that point.
2: I'm rooting for Poland. I don't know how this started. <laughs>
1: um i'm an american I'm, I'm rooting for u.s gold cup that's all over that's what i'm focused gold, on that's what i'm focused cup. on gold cup gold cup hey all is right. there
2: a way the last the last podcast i was on um we yeah. did our uh top 11 or our starting 11 is there a way to find out who was the most accurate on that
0: starting 11 if we go back oh yeah we could who
2: beat mexico
0: yeah like we did the we did the starting 11 for what like what we wanted as a starting 11 well we 11. want
2: like basically our our roster team we I think we ended up putting three or four subs out there Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. it was uh yeah. I, I want to say I was lo- watching that game thinking back to it we were all pretty
0: close we were close tim wea made it back yeah he tim did tim wea made that. it
2: back and and yedlin played so and yedlin you guys ripped me for that one
0: yeah yedlin played yeah everybody so, yeah, played except for Booster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yeah. you know, Musa did uh, not get in the field.
1: He's uh, the only person that did not play.
0: Yeah, but yeah, let me. Yeah, I will. I will actually do that. We we will bring that back for the one year episode. I, I, uh, I like it. I, I will. Like it. I will bring that back. Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find the episode and uh, I'll listen to it and I'll uh, I'll get all of our all of our. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that together. All oh, right, Copa America, uh, Brazil, absolutely just destroying teams at this point.
1: Uh, I mean. Did you expect anything less?
0: I was hoping that, like, maybe somebody else would have looked a little better. I was hoping Argentina would have looked better than they did. I was hoping that maybe, yeah, no, I mean, your boys was it
1: to stop walking so much? Was, <laughs> nah, he's good.
0: He's fine.
2: Was Argentina played Colombia? Right? Chile. Oh, Chile. Who played Colombia? Who who was the um,
0: the first game or yesterday?
2: Uh, was there one Sunday?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was Ecuador. Ecuador. Columbia,
2: okay, Ecuador. okay. I was watching that game during a rain delay at a Mexican restaurant down in Maryland waiting okay. for our final.
0: Did you watch the goal? Did you see the goal from Colombia? I did.
2: I did. That's why I, I couldn't remember if it was Argentina. So, or... so
0: the, the guy that scored that goal, Cardona, plays at Boca Juniors. Okay. That's why he
1: went awesome. to the Mexican restaurant. So you get that. Yeah, well,
2: well, no, I was like, I know they'll have soccer. On.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> right.
2: So and what, didn't it matter what kind of soccer, you know, we just made it to a final, so I was soccered up.
1: Yeah, knew it was a Sunday. You know? They would be over there drinking cerveza. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. Um,
0: so yeah, so Colombia-Venezuela played yesterday, uh tied zero-zero. Brazil won four nothing yesterday. Um So Brazil's automatically into the next round because the Copa America. There's two groups of five and the top four make it. So uh-huh. you have to be really bad to not make it to the next round. You don't get
1: invited to the next tournament if you don't make it to the next round. <laughs> I mean yeah, Bolivia, Bolivia, City. Bolivia is probably the weakest
0: team on the on the South group. Because the South group is Paraguay, Bolivia, um Paraguay, Bolivia, Argentina, Chile, and Uruguay. That's the that's that group. So that's pro- that Bolivia is the weakest team out of that group. And then the other group is Colombia, Venezuela. Brazil, Peru, and Ecuador. And ultimately, it'll be between Venezuela, Peru, and Ecuador to fight it out to
1: who's the who's who's the <laughs> to lose it out
0: <laughs> to who's yeah, two out of the three, two out of three are making it, one's not. We'll see who how it goes. But today, uh, big game, Chile, Bolivia, and ultimately, probably one of the most exciting games. Um, this is exciting matchups in general. Um, outside of Argentina, Brazil, I think Argentina, Uruguay is. You want to, that's the guy, that's the kind of game you want to sit down and make sure you have, uh, it's almost like if you're sitting down for a UFC fight or like a boxing match, whatever prep you do for any of that, like, that's what you need for Argentina, Uruguay, Argentina, Uruguay, like you need three pairs of shin guards on.
1: Oh, I thought it, you were talking about like food.
0: No, 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 no. Like it, it is, oh. it gets rough, man. Argentina, like, Uruguay. Yeah, us, Ar- oh yeah, yeah. Like it's fun to watch, but Argentina, Uruguay goes hard. Like
1: said three pairs of shit guards.
0: Yeah, Argentina, Argentina, Brazil is always like, all right. Like Brazil's going to bring a little flair. Argentina's just going to like try to like grind some things out. Argentina, Uruguay. No, there, there's almost very little flair in that game. It's literally so just we, like did you go to the game as a fan of them no? Of Argentina, Uruguay. Yeah, depending on where the game was. <laughs> <laughs> depending where the game was uh argentina uruguay in in south america no no way no i couldn't do it no in what the u.s that's argentina. fine no problem huh what if it was in argentina you would it go i mean in argentina i would because there's no away fans so that
1: would be okay. okay but you want that game to be held in like new jersey
0: yeah i need a neutral ground where i know the argentinians can easily outnumber the (laughs) Uruguayans. it's a much smaller country so it's it's you need you need you need to you need to be able to have a little home field advantage to it but yeah so that's going to be an exciting game um and then last thing we want to talk about before we get on the uh player of the match uh the u.s women's national team played their second summer series game played nigeria uh Nigeria making it a much tougher game than expected. Um, I think for a lot of I feel people, like
1: the U.S. gets complacent sometimes. Yeah, they I did. mean,
0: ultimately, I mean, ultimately, like it's not like Nigeria did a ton; they just held their own. Um,
2: well, it was but, it was it was two zero in the first like nine minutes,
0: wasn't it? No, 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 no. Was mm. it? Didn't no, they have the PK? That was a Jamaica game.
2: Oh, Jamaica. Okay. The Nigeria game.
0: Nigeria game was was uh, was Tuesday night. And they, um, or no, Wednesday night, and it was uh, no, it was Tuesday. No, yeah, it was Wednesday night. Uh, Kristen Press scored the first goal like towards the end of the first half, and then Lynn Williams came in in the 90th minute or the 89th minute and scored in the 94th minute. Um, State, right? Yes, I believe so. So yeah, so um, so yeah, they're getting ready. They got one more now. They got now they play uh, two games against Mexico. Uh, in a couple of weeks, July 1st and July 5th, play play Mexico.
1: So don't that'll be on, don't don't get hurt on the sidelines and don't celebrate goals in front of the Mexican fans. Yeah, I know. You want to be careful with that. That that gets rough. <laughs> they they watched the game last week.
0: Yeah, I just can't believe people can't get their stuff together.
1: Don't don't cramp up in the 88th minute, they'll try to drag you off the field.
0: Yeah.
1: they pelt you with beer.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh player of the match. Um <laughs> mine goes out to the uh Diamonds just for for getting through the first the first their first uh game. And uh yeah so far like that was the biggest hurdle. We've been working on it for the last six months. So uh getting through the first game was was tough and emotional. So uh big shout out to the to the diamonds for that. Dwayne? That's
1: awesome. i am uh giving it to the goal on the West end of. <laughs> that's, that's right. One. That's right. Uh, I think the coaching staff, that's a unanimous vote. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> because whoever set that goal up. Yeah. Saved us from getting scored on like three or four times.
0: Oh yeah. That <laughs> crossbar, that crossbar and that postman,
1: that crossbar, that postman, kissed that thing. Cause that was like, wow. It, was, uh, was Mo the keeper? Mo was the keeper. Mo was the keeper. The goalie's best friend. But the crossbar was our 12th man. Oh yeah. Excellent. The crossbar might as well be where the kit.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Actually, I think we're going out this week and painting it. <laughs> yes. We're putting we're putting some <laughs> we're gonna put a jersey number on the on the crossbar. Yeah, that's right. Number 12. Nobody paint else in paint Delaware it red. We're number 12 except for the crossbar.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Anthony, what about you? Uh, yeah, so obviously it's a good time to be an Italian here in the, uh, Euro. So I'm going with, uh, Emmanuel Locatelli. I uh, scored twice. It was his first ever brace for club or country. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, it was just, they were two class goals. So um, I'm pumped up about the Italian soccer team. Um,
0: and, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep it rolling, man. Man, I am glad you brought up Italian soccer, uh, because on this day in history, Anthony. I okay. knew I knew this was going to be the perfect on this day in history because I knew you were going to be riding in such a high that I needed to I I probably needed to come in and level things out a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, on this day in soccer history, June 18th, 2002. What was happening in 2002, June 18th? Do you remember? Um, 2002,
2: June 18th, the World Cup.
0: Uh the World Cup. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep, the World Cup in uh, South Korea and Japan, right? Yep, South Korea and Japan. That's right. So, but before we get to before we get to the 2002 World Cup, we'll take a little trip to the 1966 World Cup. A little uh, trip? Yeah. So, and this is just to kind of put things this is just to put some context into it. So, North Korea beats Italy in the 1966 World Cup. Uh, this is this the nineteen sixty-six World Cup was in England. So uh they beat Italy 1 0. Um and ultimately that allowed them to qualify in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to put some things in perspective. So June eighteenth, 2002, South Korea now. Okay, South Korea. Um in the round of sixteen beats Italy two to one. In an extra time, golden goal, because this is back when golden goal was still a thing, uh-huh. golden goal, goal, two to one to ultimately make him allow them to go to the quarterfinals, which then they actually made it. South Korea ended up beating Spain in the quarterfinals and then uh, losing to Germany in the semifinals. So oh. here's the cool thing or or not cool, but here's the like weirdly interesting thing. So the goal is scored. The golden goal is scored by on Jung Wan. OK, now on Young one, if you saw a picture of him, you would recognize him. He had a lot long hair, um, but played played in some different clubs throughout the throughout the world. But at the time, at the time, uh, our buddy on yung one was playing for Perugia in Italy. So huh. so uh, he scores this goal against Italy The scores the golden goal. So what does the. Uh, president of Perugia do cut him. yep. And the like next a real day, Italian What the next day, the next day, I have no intention. This is the quote. I have no intention of paying a salary to someone who has ruined Italian football.
1: I love it. Right. And, and rightfully so. Right for me. I love it.
0: That <laughs> right is
2: extreme so. pettiness. And
1: I am here <laughs> for it. Um Who's the MLS commissioner? Don Garber. Yeah. Use that executive power next uh next time the world Cup rolls out there's a guy in MLS that scores all us get about the league get him, <laughs> out. get him out.
2: I love that well listen make sure that I am on this podcast come July 9th on and and we'll go back on this day in history too okay <laughs> all right sounds good <laughs> yeah we're taking a trip to 2006. What's that? Oh, you darn right we are. And it All just right. so happens to be a Friday. Oh, does it doesn't really? Oh, yes, man, I'm going to try to find something else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, but I thought that was really interesting. Like Again, I mean, the, that's penniness, awesome. the penniness of like you get knocked out of the World Cup and you're going to yep. cut this yep. guy just out Four of, years
1: just, of misery versus your two games that you're actually going to do something.
0: Just exactly. pure, that's just pure Italian pride of just like, It nope sure pride. is,
1: man it oh, sure man. is don't talk, about that. don't talk about that goal in the locker room yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right yes i know all right uh, yeah, that's uh, awesome. fair play of the week Dwayne. you can go first um my fair play of the week is actually going to go to our guest um daughter caroline scott um had a tough match on sunday but um you know talking with her and some of the other players um that have been on the team you know just reassuring not like everything's good but just reassuring you know the process is there they see the value they understand and just you know being supportive as well so shout out to caroline scott awesome that's great uh
0: anthony
2: um so fair play of the week and we're talking about somebody that's helped you uh through coaching in a tough time um so i mean there's a lot of coaches that have helped me along the way and i've been blessed to uh been blessed to kind of have people like you, Sebastian, people like, you know, Ian Hennessy, um, people like John Barry, Tom Dematius. Um, but I, I'm kind of looking at this one with, uh, Dan Swayze, the coach at, uh, St. Mark's, um, been a wild year, uh, uh, for me. Um, and you know, kind of Dan, he's always been there to uh, kind of lean back on and kind of see that, you know, how, how have you gotten through coaching? And this is kind of specific to high school. Yeah. How have you kind of gotten through these different situations in high school when, when things kind of aren't going your way personally um, and able to uh, you know, kind of find um, ways to get through it while you're on the field for those two hours, every single day with a bunch of kids that, you know, they're, 15, 16, 17 years old and, and nothing really is going on in their life other than soccer. And, um, and they're ready to roll and play soccer and trying to manage that. And, you know, so I'm very thankful to him. Um, and uh, that's why fair play of the week goes to him. But I, I will say if this was a normal fair play of the week, uh, being a coach and having to do CPR and having your action plans in place, yeah, like watching what Anthony Taylor did on the pitch with Erickson was just um, it was awesome. I had a, 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 scare, like a cardiac scare a few years ago at uh, Middletown and, you know, we, we were able to do things, we were able to get the things in, in, in place that we need to do. And ultimately we didn't need to do CPR and, and our AD was able to get out there. But, you know, during that time, I, like my, I, I was nervous, you know what I mean? I, I like, yeah. and this was just a practice while this was going on think about what anthony taylor did at that stage with with that crowd during that moment i mean that, that's just it's unbelievable all the medical crews bringing him back to life but to implement the plan that you had in place when when something like that happens takes a lot of courage and and good for anthony taylor
0: for sure um mine goes out to uh to my dad uh aka the gm now as we call him um <laughs> uh but to my dad and and ultimately to, to kind of all the dads out there but uh, to my dad, really, for being a sounding board. Um, uh, he's been he's been coming to my practices for the last year, and he just kind of walks around. He doesn't. He's usually pretty quiet. He, you know, he collects soccer balls. He picks up equipment. He just kind of walks around and he watches practices. And um, it might not seem like much at the time, but ultimately, when I get in the car or or when we when we're able to have a moment where we can stand right next to each other, there's a lot of feedback that comes across. Um, and it's uh, and it's really helpful to have. Um, it's he's the he's the first phone call I make after games usually, uh, or after a practice, just to kind of talk over things. And he's asking questions and he's making me think and stuff like that. So, so ultimately, considering it's a Father's Day episode, uh, my my favorite play of the week goes out to my dad because um, he's selfish or selflessly doing this. Um, he's just doing this because he knows it's important to me. So
2: yeah, and. And it's, it's different when information like that comes from your dad, right? About yeah. something that you know, like your dad's the person that is so educated and so well versed in literally all aspects of life. Yeah. But the one thing when it comes to coaching that, you know, yeah, you know, you kind of take that information from, from your dad a little differently. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that is a different perspective.
0: And now I can look at it in a different way. So that's, that's, that's good stuff. So, yeah. So, so big shout out to him. Um, Make sure you follow us on social media this weekend um, and ultimately throughout throughout the year. Uh, facebookcom slash Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at the Union Soccer. Also follow the Delaware Union Diamonds at de Union Diamonds on Instagram and Facebook. Um, all right, we're almost at a year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Uh, Anthony, thanks for coming on and have fun hey. at camps this coming week. Hey, thanks,
2: Seb. Thanks for having me. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Hug your father.
0: Um, yep. Make sure
2: you know they, they know that you love them and uh, give them the time they deserve this Sunday.
0: That's right. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always shoot the ball on your front foot.